Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Welcome to the Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker, Alan Shearer and Micah Richards. Uh, Today we're answering... your questions and thanks once again for sending so many in um, we're going to do our very best to answer as many as we possibly can um, but if we don't answer it this week then hopefully we'll get it next week let's start with this one from Shane Douthwaite Micah to you start one bench one sell one Shira Lineker Kane oh! <laughs> and think about what you're doing here Come on, Micah. Come on. No pressure. Wow. This is tough. This is, you know what? Kane's not part of the pod, so he's getting sold. (laughs) Very wise. Very wise. Now you. Now remember who's in charge of the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So, Gary. I'm sorry you're on the bench this time. <laughs> right decision, Micah. He knows his stuff, that Micah Richard. I told you he was the best pundit ever. <laughs> right, which leads me, this leads me perfectly into the next question from Sarah Merker. Have you ever fallen out with someone or had a friendship suffer because of something you said as a pundit? Yes, I've just fallen out with Micah Richard uh, right now. Lineker. What? Do you remember when you were a pundit and you accused me of fearing an injury when I was an England player? <laughs> did I? Yes. I can't believe I did I, that. I, I accused I you of feigning injury. Why would I say that? I pulled out of an England game on a Wednesday. Oh, I then yeah. played for Newcastle or Blackburn, I think, on the Saturday. So I was and right you said then. on the Saturday night, well, he couldn't have been that injured if he played on the Saturday. So I sent I- you the scans through to prove <laughs> I was injured. <laughs> I can't Feel remember Feel free that. to apologise now, Lineker. <laughs> How many days after the game did you play? Three days. So well, it was a Wednesday night was the game. You're obviously faking it, weren't you? <laughs> big, who were you playing for Newcastle? Can't remember. Can't Newcastle remember. It must have been a big yeah. game then. You're probably playing. I just remember you were talking rubbish. Yeah, well, yeah. You've never spoken rubbish, have you? <laughs> Ever. Uh, right. Um, here's one from Matt Court. If you three are not presenting Match of the Day in 20 years, I don't think, I think I might be dead. Um, which three current Premier League players do you think 
you would like to see take your place? Wow. Mm. Right, who do you see? I think we could twist that towards who's going to be a good pundit. I think James Madison would be. I was going to say the same thing. Just to say the same thing. Yeah, because I think he talks really, really well, doesn't he? He's, yeah, he's very, um, he's very eloquent, and he's yeah. very good tactically. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's the best of the players in the post-match interview. Mm, I'd agree with that. You know what? A little bit left field, but Connor Cody. When That's he's not left field. I've seen him not, do a couple of things. No, he's but good. In, in terms yeah. of people probably want to strikers and not, but I'm going with the defender. Like he knows the game really well, speaks really good. He, I've worked with him on match of the day and he's done Sky as well so I'm going to say Connor Cody okay Casper Casper Schmeichel as yeah. a goalkeeper very good like his yeah. dad's done lots of punditry as well mm-hmm. we've worked with um, Peter many times haven't we that's not a bad shout can you remember Alan um, when we did the World Cup in Moscow and there were three young footballers yes yes and there was it was Mason Mount Phil Foden and Ryan Sessignon, yeah. um, they came to watch us do the TV shows and yeah. stuff like that. And Mason Mount sat yeah. in my chair and, mm. and was like he just doing, reeled doing it a off, few didn't things he? to camera and he wasn't too bad. So yeah. who knows, maybe Mason Mount. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Declan Rice, Declan Rice. Declan, yes, yeah, very likable. Come on, Declan. Yes, yes he's going to be doing it, definitely. Yeah. Right, another question, Tupac. Um, when a high-profile, big-money player on astronomical wages transfers to a club, is there any resentment, jealousy, sideways glances amongst the other players? How does it affect the dynamics and the camaraderie in the dressing room, or worse, on the field? I think the only thing it does sometimes, if a player comes in on um, huge wages, then it gives the opportunity to the rest of the team to knock on the door and say, well, if he's getting that, surely I'm worth more. No? Micah, that never affected you. Euros on the most anyway, out of everyone, wasn't it? <laughs> no, to be honest, I went from highest paid to lowest paid within 18 months. <laughs> when, all, when all the money came around, uh, I, I generally did, but I knew once it was time to negotiate for a new contract, just had to give me what everyone else was paying. But no, for me, no. If a striker gets paid loads of money and the scoring, good luck to him. Couldn't care less. It's not something that I can't remember anyone really having those kind of discussions within your own squad. Sometimes it's interesting you go to international duty and I think there's a little bit of that. Well, so what you want at Man United or what you want at Arsenal. You already, you'd always say lower though, wouldn't you? You'd always say lower. No, i say more, just Did sick enough. <laughs> we always used to have it with Martin Keown, didn't he? Because Martin was obsessed with money at times. So, so right, he used to say, if you just stand here and talk to me, and right, he used to talk a bit louder just when Martin was walking past. And he said, you know what? I mean, he's on 70 grand a week and you can see Martin turn around and go, 75 <laughs> <laughs> right he's just winding him up can I just ask you guys before we move on did you lot get pay slips back in them days or how, how did it work yeah pay slips yeah yeah I'm gonna bring in a pay slip so, you can, so people can see exactly how it's broken down you know have you got t- one have you I've got one for next one when we yeah. go all together I'll bring one yeah yeah that would be good to see it'd be sickening to a lot of people <laughs> <have> to- <laughs> <laughs> Question from Matt Cox. Uh, who do you think is the best manager, uh, young and up and coming, outside of the Premier League that you could see making the move to a Premier club? I'm going to go with Kieran McKenna from Ipswich Town. I think he's 
he's done a brilliant job with them. Um, he's young. He was I think he was at um, youth coach at Manchester United. He was at um, Tottenham a bit before that. I would agree with you there. By the way, he's, um, he's, he's doing got a great something. Job, isn't he? Yeah, They're flying at the job, top yeah. of the league. Doing a really good job. Yeah. Got any any thoughts, you two? Liam Rossini. Every time I hear him speak, he speaks so well. He's definitely got something with his ideas. Um, I think he, given time, could do a really good job at a higher level. So I'm going Rossini. I think if you'd have said a few months ago, you might have said Michael Carrick, but it's, it's I've had a tough start to the season. Isn't that just crazy how that how football works like that? There's no doubt about what you could have said. Uh, you could have said Michael months ago. But then all of a sudden this season, forward goes, can't score goals, and then results are going against you. So it's, it, it is crazy. Football is just bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It really is, especially in the managerial world. One from um, a John Smith who, who wants to know a, a bit more about the BBC Match of the Day running order, um, which I um, talked about last week in, in some depth. Um, so I'm not going to explain it a little bit more, but I have got some evidence um, to back up. I've got all the analysis um, from last season. Do you think that would be interesting, Micah? That yes, kind of thing? I, yeah. definitely be interesting. Okay. Right, here we go, which I think it backs up everything I said. Now, if you weren't listening last week, um, we talked or the week before, we talked about how we come up with the running order. Micah asked me um, to explain it. I was explaining about, uh, you know, the, the teams going for the title will be on the top more than anyone else because that's how you watch sporting events. Um, then you'd probably be the teams nearer the bottom because they're fighting a relegation fight and you end up with the mid-table sides usually probably nearer the end of the running order for most of the time. Right, I hope this you find this interesting at home. I've got um, a league table of the average position that teams finished in um, last season uh, on Match of the Day in terms of where they were on the running order. So Manchester City were top. Um, two, 2.1 was their average position, which, as I said, they were the leaders. Arsenal were second, 2.4, um, as you would expect. Um, then you've got um, Tottenham and Liverpool and Manchester United, um, teams um, fairly high in the league table. And then it drops to teams at the bottom of the table. You've got Leeds, uh, West Ham, Leicester, Forest, Bournemouth, all in the next few positions, and Newcastle as well, who were flying pretty high. Uh, then we go more to the bottom half, and we end up with Brighton, Southampton, Brentford, Aston Villa, um, as you would expect, um, all the middle table teams um, and Everton as well, although they did just avoid relegation. Um, Wolves and the bottom four are Wolves, Chelsea, Fulham, Crystal Palace, who all finished in, in mid table. So it's kind of backed up a little bit. Some interesting stats there. Have you got the table? You should tweet that, Gary. You know, when he did the, the, the pod, when he put it out, you should tweet that so everyone everyone knows exactly what's what. Okay, I, I, I might Because just, some, someone I, will be like, oh, he's not, he, he's not read the yeah. full list. You yeah. know, he's just saying what he wants to say. So yeah, put it out. Let's take a break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
got your happy price, price line. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Welcome back to the rest is football with um, Alan Shearer, Micah Richards and myself, Gary Lineker. Uh, we've got a question from Campbell Goring. Would Liverpool be stupid not to sell Salah in January for 150 million plus if the Saudi league came knocking again? He's been an incredible player for the club in recent years, but money like this for someone of his age does not come around too often. It seems like a cash in while you can option. Ooh, I said that's an it's an interesting one, isn't it? And I'm sure they contemplated that in the summer. Fans don't care about the money though, do they? You know, they want their best possible team. And Mo Salah is an unbelievably brilliant footballer. Yeah, but if you're getting if you're getting north of 150 million for someone of that age, I get I get why it didn't happen because they came in so late and they wouldn't have had time to get a replacement. But if they know they're coming back in in January with a ridiculous offer, then they've got time to find a replacement. And and again, it depends where they are. I think 150. I think they'd bite at 150 in January. Don't sell. Nope. Don't sell. I agree with 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 Alan from a financial point of view, but just what he's given the club and Salah will probably play for another mm. seven or eight years. I think he's got a couple more years at Liverpool and still would be able to demand 100, 100 plus in even two seasons. So I would say, hold tight. He'll dictate that though. If he goes to Liverpool and says, I want to go because of the vast sums that have been offered to him personally, he will dictate that. If he goes to them and said, then that will make their mind up. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because... Fans, sometimes when you, you lose one of your best players, but they do sell him for a big price, you kind of, as a fan, you go, well, at least we've got a few quid. We can buy some new players and stuff. But but players like that are irreplaceable, isn't it? I mean, it's, you talk, I mean guaranteed 20-odd goals a, a season, um, loads of assists, wonderful footballer, consistent performer, wasn't he? Even last season when Liverpool had a, a little bit of a down season, he was still right up there, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I think we, we look back to C Coutinho and they got a lot of money for him and they bought Van Dijk and they bought Alisson with that money and it worked for him. But I just think Salah doesn't even have to play well and he still scores. So I just think if you want to build a world-class team, you've got to have Salah in that team right now. Agree. Marcus Wikes. Gary, I've heard on various other podcasts that you were quite the cricketer and could have made it as a pro. I was wondering if Alan and Micah were good at any other sports. 
<laughs> Were you? Uh, well, we know Alan's good at tennis because he got to the quarterfinals of a major <laughs> tournament just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, rugby. I was good at rugby. Oh, I'll I'm, bet you were. There's a surprise. Uh, Yorkshire lad. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Leeds Rhinos. Of course I was. Quick. Imagine I was standing like, there running and Mike is coming at you, Gary. Rugby league, <laughs> ready then. to hit you. Rugby league or Rug rugby union? Rugby league, yeah. 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 I used to love it. I had to pick out of going to rugby and going to football, but I picked football and... Yeah. Bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, What about you, Al? Oh, I would have, uh, not that I'm good enough, but I just love golf, don't I? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not as good as I want to be, but I just love how crazy it is, golf. I think it's it's so frustrating at times, but so great. So mm. golf for me, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, from Johnny Thompson, uh, what was the strangest injury you or a teammate picked up uh, during your careers? Uh, one of the lads in our team recently stubbed his toe in his kitchen. Turns out it's fractured and he's now out for around six weeks. Do you have any strange injuries I I have but it's quite sexual it's not really for this pod <laughs> <laughs> what? it's not really for this pod it's okay it's mostly <laughs> adults listening <laughs> what do you mean no you can't leave it at that come it's on Michael not, I mean, so it's what <laughs> so basically <laughs> <laughs> this is I can see it's gone viral it's gone viral uh, it's, not, it's not it's not but obviously you got a virus you, 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 <laughs> oh dear we can't, this is the thing is you can't go into detail but no. basically I was having yeah yes I was yeah I, I was having <laughs> something with yeah I was having fun Let, let's let's put it like that yeah and as I was having fun I slipped off the bed <laughs> yeah. and, and stretched my leg and did my hamstring. So I rolled over. But the thing is though, I was, I was totally fine in training. So when I go back to training and the, <laughs> the physio have asked me, what, what have you done and whatnot? And I just said, no, I've just got some pain down my back. I felt it in the game, but I didn't really want to yeah. say nothing. Yeah. But it was all just because of that, that moment. But it was, yeah. It, they don't know the truth until till now, to be honest. Oh, brilliant, <laughs> Alan. You can't live with that, can't Max? I that, can't. Can I can't keep up with that. No, we had a we had a night out once with the lads, um, and I don't know whether you have ever played it before. The box game where you got to st stand straight up, and every time someone goes down and gets the box with their mouth, you take about an inch or two off. Anyway, one of our players got further and further down, and eventually his hamstring pinged. But he thought, how can we? How can he do it? On, do that on a night out? So he actually came into training the next morning and went out and did the warm up and pretended he's done his hamstring and the warm up and limped off. <laughs> Not, and we did it on the night before in the pub. <laughs> oh, brilliant! <laughs> I used to play a lot of cricket, as was mentioned in one, one of the questions. And um, when I was at Tottenham, I I used to live in St John's Wood, and um, I'd play cricket for this team called Cross Arrows. Um, and they play basically ev almost every day in September. Um, so I could pick and choose when I played. So I used to play quite a bit in midweek. And we played this game on a Thursday and I p did train in the morning and then went and played played the game. And they used to play on the nursery ground at Lords. So I went along and play, played in this game and 
it was kind of meandering towards a draw um, towards the end of it. And someone said, Gary, why don't you have a bowl? Now, I wasn't a bowler. I was a batsman. I'd, I'd also keep wicket, but I didn't keep wicket at that time of year because I was playing football. So when they said, why don't you have a bowl? I went, no, I, I don't bowl. I'm not interested. Don't, ah, come on, have a bowl. So anyway, I, they twisted my arm and I came in and I, I ran in and back the second or third ball that I bowled. I used to bowl little medium paces. And I went like that and you, as you lift your arm and I twanged the muscle in the side of my, like just above my hip. And it was like, oh my God. And so I got home. I had to go into training the next morning, Friday, the day before a game on the Saturday. And I was really struggling. And I thought, crikey, I'm going to have to. I said, and I went to see Terry Venables. I said, I've, I've, I've injured my side. He went, how'd, how'd you do that? And I thought, I can't lie. <laughs> oh, Philbert, I was growling in the background at the thought of it. And I said, well, I, I was playing cricket. He said, what do you mean you were playing cricket? I said, well, I was came in and I was bowling. And I twang he went, you're playing cricket. That's it. You're not playing cricket anymore. That's it. You're not playing again. Not a I went, oh, come. I said, Terry, you can't stop me playing cricket. He went, he went, you're not playing anymore. That's ridiculous what you've done. I went, I'll, all right. I said, I promise I'll never bowl again. And he went, all right then. <laughs> so I actually played on the Saturday. Um, and But I played in agony, I thought, but I had to play. So, so, so that was, that yeah. was my one. Oh. Our final question this week is from Stephen Carey. Uh, what was the most... Of Yes, howling. He's, he's half husky. He's That's howling. what I was like when I fell off the bed when I did my <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Too much information there, Micah. Um, uh, our final question from Stephen Carey. What was the most violent, rancorous game you played in? I remember watching a Manchester derby in the mid-70s where the referee had to take off both teams before half-time because they were kicking lumps out of each other. The game restarted after a short break. Can you ever remember one particular match? I, I remember watching a game. Do you, have you ever seen the replay? I think, was it 1970, 71, something like that? Of um, the Chelsea Leeds oh, FA yeah. Cup final. Wow. I think David Webb scored the winner where every player probably would have been sent off in the mm. modern game. Have you ever seen that? If if you've not seen that, at, um, at listeners, it's worth um, looking it up on YouTube. Yeah. Probably the dirtiest game of football ever played. I think they showed a little bit of that on BBC, didn't they? The rivalry. Yeah, I, I, I have seen that, actually. Have you seen some of Sooness's tackles? Oh. <laughs> Alan, when I was about 19, we played at Anfield and... Um, someone knocked the ball into me and my touch wasn't brilliant and it went back towards midfield. I was had my back to goal and Sunes was coming, but I knew that I was going to get the ball um, and I thought, I'm just going to get there ahead of him. And I was some naive young kid and I just <laughs> went like that, put my foot out. He went straight over the top, <laughs> right down my shin. I had about six stitches and I was, I was like carried off. And I, and I learned a lesson that day. <laughs> I learned a lesson that day that always protect yourself <laughs> a, a little bit. Any of any for you? No, not you for could handle yourself though. But yeah, I mean the the modern day game it changed, and by the time we was playing, you get looked after by the referees, and you might have a little bit of tussling in the. In, in, in the tunnel but apart from that there's no game where I come away from thinking wow that was no there was none of that in, in my ear 
Alan, you liked it. You were like toffee. What about the Leicester game with Neil Lennon when he kicked his head? No, no, he, he, he headboarded my foot. <laughs> I came away from Highbury once with Tony Adams. Uh, six stitches in my eye, seven stitches in my uh, in my lip. I yeah. walked into uh, I walked into two of his uh, two of his elbows. <laughs> I, I, I came off worse than he did anyway that day. Mm. <laughs> Let's call it a day there. Um, Micah needs to go and, um, and practice his hamstring injuries. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Uh, goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Uh, goodbye from me. Cheers. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? <laughs> well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts.